Welcome to FimiaCast, the official podcast of the Faresian Institute of Modern Integrated Acupuncture. If you are an acupuncture practitioner or student, or you have an interest in acupuncture, make sure you go to fimia.com.au and sign up for free to receive notifications about all of our courses and resources. Are you aiming for more patients through your clinic doors? If so, then Kickstart Your Clinic, the acupuncturist's essential guide to setting up business is designed just for you. Whether you are at the very start of your business journey or you're a seasoned traveler looking to add a few levels to your skill set, Kickstart Your Clinic provides you with powerful tools and invaluable advice on how to get your new clinic off the ground or to help boost the one you already have in operation. Simply go to fimia.com.au and click on Courses to find out more about Kickstart Your Clinic. Proudly sponsored by AccuNeeds Australia for all of your acupuncture needs. Are you on Facebook? Why not join the discussion on the FIMIA Forum? FIMIA Forum is a free Facebook community where acupuncture practitioners, students and enthusiasts alike can participate in an open platform to discuss the modern and integrated application of acupuncture. Search FIMIA Forum on Facebook and click join. On this episode of FIMIACast, I am speaking with the one and only Jost Zauer, acupuncturist, popular author, lifestyle medicine expert and coach. With over 30 years of therapeutic experience, his unique approach to health and wellness has touched the lives of thousands of people and inspired many more. In the past, I have had the good fortune of spending time with Yost as both patient and student. During this time, I experienced firsthand the benefits of Yost's teachings and practices, and his vibrant originality and unrivaled level of commitment to his path have remained a constant source of inspiration ever since. He is the pioneer of applying the chi cycle to modern daily life, which he lives and breathes. And with his latest book, Clock On To Health, an advocate for the implementation of lifestyle choices as a form of medicine for our society's preventable diseases. With a physical presence matched only by his intense passion for Chinese medicine, here is Yost Zauer on episode seven of FimiaCast. <laughs> Ten years is going to be so different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. for a man who needs really no introduction, but for those <laughs> who may not have heard of you, Jos Zauer, so uh, so wonderful to have you here in the studio and on mm-hmm. FimiaCast. Thank you for um, coming on and talking with me. Yeah, oh, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've seen you. I think uh, probably when I was working with you and also Bali, um, maybe that was 2014. Yeah. yeah. Was the last time we, we caught up. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to since then? Writing lots of books mm-hmm. because that's all along the interest I had. Yes. Just put into words what Chinese medicine has done in my life, how much it changed every aspect of my life, from yeah. the physical to the mental to the spiritual. And the overwhelming experience I had with Chinese medicine in terms of bringing in ideas and dreams that I always had since a young boy. Yes. In particular in regards to the mystical and psychedelic experiences and realizing your true self and aiming for cosmic goals rather than the mundane world. For me, Chinese medicine has opened up a calibre of words that previously that I only could sense, but I couldn't quite grasp it okay unless i obviously i took lots of drugs yeah and then i could feel it and but then when i talked to others about it the 
that it didn't quite make sense to them. So I realized that it, this is not the way forward. Um, so I looked into ways, how can I actually bring into reality what along I perceived by a very wide spectrum of my consciousness? And uh, that led me to initially Kung Fu training. And the Kung Fu training led me to the Chinese philosophy. And Chinese philosophy led me to the Taoism and Taoism. And then it all opened up. And then it, the language uh, appeared, like research your cosmic self the cosmic journey to identify your true self via cosmic means mm. and suddenly it was like wow i'm back in the same territory that all along i wanted to exist in but couldn't find it because it made me unhealthy mm -hmm. but now i'm i realize that i can get into those dimensions and realize myself by understanding who i am from a from a wider perspective rather than the mundane world and at the same time, also get very healthy and get very strong and get very fit. Yeah. And for obviously, it brought everything together that all along I wanted. Yeah. Cosmic experience, power, magic, seriously healthy, kick ass, follow your dreams, live the life. And um, yeah, then I realized this is what I want. And um, I, we're talking now over 30 years ago mm. and uh, I said I'm never going to look back and um, I enrolled with the Australian College of Natural Medicine that we're talking 30 years ago it was in the Water Street yes it was a tiny little college it was beautiful we only had two classes in a day there were 50 60 students and it was enormously community based we had a little cafeteria where we explored all kind of organic organic foods People had time to sit back and talk about philosophy and putting a, a joint in front of their knees so it looks like you're doing a moxa stick on Stomach 36. <laughs> really? Yeah, I remember, that one, <clears throat> I remember one day we were sitting on the veranda, a friend of mine, and we had this nice, beautiful, nice joint. And, um, and we put it in front of the knee like we always do, yeah. so thickly rolled. And these two ladies walked past to go to the acupuncture clinic. And you said, oh, can you smell the moxa? Isn't that lovely? <laughs> and I thought, this is awesome. <laughs> I found the right medicine. <laughs> yeah, found, I thought everything is coming together. <laughs> and um, the, the strange thing is that actually as I got more and more into it, I, have lo I lost interest in smoking. Yeah. And um, within my first semester, by the end of it, I didn't smoke pot anymore. Okay. And that was like very strange. Because I was Mr. Psychedelic. Mm. I was the guy who was tripping right out there. And Did, didn't you tie-dye your, um, your lab coat? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did all kind of stuff. Yeah. I, um, yes, I had very colorful harem pants. And um, I had uh, lots of bells on my ankles. Because yeah. someone said, if you put bells on your ankle, it keeps bad spirits away. Yes, okay. And if you do acupuncture, I heard... You evoke spirits in people, and I didn't want to get invaded. Of course. Yeah, because I already had enough of those bad spirits from Amsterdam. Yep. So I thought I can't have more. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put belts on my ankle and on my wrist. And I had like 12 belts on my body. And every one uh, for each meridian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> then every, wherever I walked, um, it was jingle bell, jingle bell. 
and going through the student clinic all day jingle belling mm. um, annoyed the other students. And then I had an official complaint and a letter by the by the headmaster to take my belts off. Yeah. So I wasn't allowed to to wear belts anymore. So my laptop instead I took and uh, dyed yeah made it dyed it in purple and green, <laughs> and put some all kind of emblems on. Yeah. And um, I got notified over and over not to wear that one, but in the end I gave up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> what was the uh, I guess the you were saying before that when you were a kid you had that interest in the mystical and the magical yeah. and then went on to explore that with psychedelics and um, other more unhealthy um, paths as much as they may be enlightening yes. um, although transient. At what point was it that you discovered Chinese medicine and, and decided that was that was the path? Um, weirdly enough, it happened during an LSD trip okay. and I saw these interplay of two fish black and white and I painted it and I didn't know what it was yeah obviously it was yin yang yeah and um, at the same time the voice came through said this is your path yes and the more I kept doing the drugs the more it 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 forced itself into my consciousness yeah so there came the point I couldn't do it anymore and I realized I need to look into other ways of doing the journey so it, the weird thing is that actually by opening up myself to the expanded consciousness via the drugs, I also experienced the guidance towards what actually makes me healthy. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I have a very different view on drugs. Mm. And I, I'm not pro neither con drugs. I look at, okay, if you have a personal decision made in your life to do drugs, there's a reason behind it. Yes. And we need to explore that. And we can't address it from an angle of the mundane world, which is such a narrow span of reality, mm. such a small spectrum on the whole huge wide range of reality. So if, if this little mundane reality puts the value on why you do drugs, it will not make any sense because you don't operate in that narrow band of a spectrum of reality. Yeah, I see. Okay. You're right out there. Yeah. And so the only person who can address the decision for you to do drugs is the only per- is the person who actually takes the drug and that person needs to be guided so in it's in a way it's like a shamanic approach yes the shaman goes there where the client <coughs> is and the client is not in the mundane hmm. the client is right out there and so for me to have done the drugs actually allowed me to roam those wild frequencies but then by doing getting into kung fu training and really hardcore training and we'll be talking very vigorous training which i've been doing for over 30 years now yeah and I never missed a day in all those 30 years. So um, I do it every day. And so with the ability, with the training from the Kung Fu, and but having been opened up to the wide spectrum, you can put the two things together. Mm. And in, in mon- it became like a yin-yang in its own way. Like the drugs just enormously yang right out there. The training so yin, so centred. Mm. And I became so centred and so focused. And... Like the more focus I became, the more I was able to subtract those consciousness experiences. Yes. And the more it became into into an experience that was like, wow, this is just like better than drugs. Yeah. And then obviously with my training in the Chinese medicine, I start I realized I'm working with Jing. Hmm. I'm actually enhancing my Jing. I'm actually going Jing Chang. I'm actually going into Shen from Jing. And so I'm actually going Ming. 
and that means I'm actually exploring destiny. Mm. And that obviously allowed me to open up to the more far wider philosophical approach of Chinese medicine than rather than the textbook. Because I learned very quickly that what you learn at college is only about, say, like 5% of what really Chinese medicine is all about. Mm. And you can't say just because you graduate that you know Chinese medicine. It's like having a green belt yeah. in martial art, it is, or maybe just a blue belt. But mm. the real training begins once you graduate, yeah. once you finish. That's when the, that's when the journey starts. Yeah. You just got to get through those four, four years. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and they're getting more and more mundane, as I heard. Not like my days, you know, where you had that boxer stick in front of stomach 36. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, every time I go in that college, I don't capture those vibrations. Yeah. They're very clinical these days. Obviously, everything is part of evolution. It's got its place. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, the students never really are exposed to the cosmic nature of Chinese medicine. Mm. And we need to be always be aware that Chinese medicine started in the cosmic nature. It has been shamanic from the start. Yeah. It always has been psychedelic. It always has been qi. It's not like that the first um, masters, acupuncturists, were given a book. Mm. They didn't have a book. They started exploring the elements. Yeah. They, they were roaming the universe. And they had all kind of incredible wild experiences. And then they're trying to make sense of it. Mm. And that's what, that's what led them to Qigong. They realized they need to center themselves within the experience. And that led them to the experience of grounding. So they realized, okay, it comes from heaven. It goes into me, into my body, but I need earth to ground it. So I need techniques that are magnetic in its form that they're creating a frequency field. That means I, I, I am experienced within the polarity of the two fields, heaven and earth, but I'm actually the mediator. That means if I find a way how to regulate that two intercepting forces, which are so contradicted to, because one is infinite, the other one is very finite. Mm. So if I put the two things together, I actually have the ability to go right out there, but very centered at the same time. So this is a very, 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 very clever experience. And um, they realized very quickly, my God, this is awesome. So this is when Qigong got developed. Yeah. It first discovered and then they developed it. Then obviously more information came through from heaven and that led to most likely to the development of Tai Chi yeah. and then the animal forms. So then obviously they realized also if you put herbs into it, it gets very interesting. Yeah. So you really feed the body and you can go even further into the, into, the, into the wider spectrum of reality. You can even expand the consciousness even further because the body can take it. Because if the body can't take it and you're going right out there, most likely you won't return. Hmm. Yeah, and that's obviously shen disturbance. And we're talking mental disturbance and all kind of stuff. So mental illness is the result of the yin unable to hold down what the thoughts portray. So if the more grounded I become, the more centered I become, the further out I can go. The key is to stay out there, but at the same time, be within yourself, soul-centered. Can I just um, interrupt there? Because I, I think I need to kind of um, flesh out that concept you said before, which is I, I'm familiar with the concept and, and I, I, I know it in here, but to have you explain it yet again in a, in a different perspective is so uh, mind-bending that mm -hmm. I think uh, we, we can kind of talk about that a bit more for people who are listening. That idea that you have something so uh, pure and unattainable in the concept that is heaven, 
intertwining and intermingling with uh, the solidity of Earth and then oscillating to create our experience yeah, as an individual. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's so you need that Earth, not Heaven, mm. because we are, there's a purpose why we've got the human form. Otherwise, we would have stayed on the other side. Yeah. And obviously, having created the whole process for a reason in order to expand something. Yes. And us being in human form, we have to work with that. We can't just go back to the, to the original idea and say, look, this, that's not quite good what you're doing there. Let's, yeah. let's have a different system. The fact is, having created that system, and, um, uh, but it cannot work without us earthing ourselves. Yes. And, but it cannot either work if we don't open up to the other frequencies. Mm. So this is what my concern with acupuncture is, that if it's purely clinical and very earthy and yin, so where's heaven? Mm. <laughs> the two things got to be in the same line. So, but if you go right out there and don't have, don't have earth, then you become loopy. Yeah, it's not good either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so either very clinical, condensed, and um, you, you, you limit the acupuncture on so many levels if you stay just in the earth. Do you think that that is the progression that acupuncture is going now, which is quite clinical? Uh, we Since registration, there's there are certain uh, rules that we need to abide by with research and everything like that. Uh, do you think that that path, that that aspect of heaven with which we all contain, mm-hmm. which we all yeah, yeah. have within ourselves, is a... Is it like a test or is it like part of the actual journey? Is it, is it meant to be going into this kind of clinical oh, yeah. part as, as another form of exploration of what the expression of heaven is, whatever that... Yeah, I believe it's be? all part of the evolution. Yeah. I believe it's all, it's all necessary mm. to go that way. But the, the student has the choice to mm. continue the study. Yes, I see. Of the heavenly medicine. Always to be aware of it. Yes. Then Yes. So the choice is in everyone. Yeah. So um, what I'm saying is... If it's purely clinical, you limit the medicine. Yeah. Because the medicine is cosmic. Yes. There's no doubt about it. It yeah. comes directly from this universe, from the whole cosmic energies. It's generated from an from an, from a source mm. and it's moving through us. Yes. And it's moving through all the channels. So if I learn how to regulate that flow by qigong means, that means by the by the means of learning qigong, kung fu all this kind of meditation techniques mm. and then live a lifestyle that allows to be a channel of those energies, then these, the earthy aspect of the medicine suddenly takes on a whole new form. I've experienced it myself over and over in clinic. Yeah. So you, you take an ordinary prescription, like say colon 4, liver 3, and put maybe stomach 36 in there and colon 10, and now you've got like just four points, bilateral applied. But if you channel... Mm. You're connected to heaven. Mm-hmm. It becomes a totally different outcome, totally yeah. different result, a totally different result. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've I've treated pretty much the most difficult cases, and I can pretty pride myself in it that I I manage pretty pretty horrific situations mm. with acupuncture. Yeah, and um, like people really coming down badly from serious abuse of, for example, um, the clients I deal with. They just had a direct interference with, with stopping um, 50 Valiums that I took every day for three years <laughs> and drinking all? two bottles of vodka <laughs> a day and, and they were real estate agents and um, so they were fully professionals who really kept everything together yes. and then 
that decided to have a rapid withdrawal and take stop it all on the day. Yeah. Obviously, the whole system got going in shock. Yeah. And you can die of all kind of uh, complications as yes. a result of the, the withdrawal. So they the driven into my clinic and they were totally shaken. They couldn't even walk, nothing. The whole system was massive tremor. And I, I, put, I worked with those points, stomach 36, colon 10, colon 4, mm. liver 3. Ordinary points. Yeah. And within two minutes, the shake, everything disappeared. Mm. And within half an hour, they got off the table, totally transformed. Mm. And they were saying, my God, I feel like really, really good. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen this on a regular basis. Yes. So, um, there, uh, so basically what was coming through to me was an energy that was correcting a massive abuse to the body from, from, um, from medications that with ordinary means you were no way you could have controlled that mm. there was no way you could have controlled the rapid withdrawals of 50 valiums 80 valiums and two bottles of vodka without causing a heart attack yeah yes yeah and within two minutes the shakes the tremor everything stopped and after 30 minutes the person was completely centered wow and without any substances yeah yeah Obviously, it didn't last long. By the end of the day, it came up again. Of course, but then yeah. you just did the next treatment. Yes, yeah. And then obviously lots of herbs. But the, but the important thing was the person has experience. There is an alternative yeah. to the same desire they have without the use of chemicals. Yeah. And they realize there is so much to the picture. Mm. They realize it's not about the withdrawal. It's about to continue the journey. Mm. But this time from above. Yeah. Yeah, work with the heavenly medicine. Yeah, <laughs> because Valium and all those kind of medicines—they are earthy medicines. Mm. You know, they're yeah, even, very, even, very even, heavy. Yeah, even cocaine and all kind of this sort of stuff—it's—it may expand the consciousness, but it's still an earthy energy. Yeah, it's a compressed energy, and it's not—it will never be able to match high frequencies mm. that are generated from qigong practice. Mm. You never will be able to corrupt a drug. It's not possible. It's, it's just, the real experience is far beyond anything that drugs can offer. So um, having experienced the heaviest drugs myself, I, I have those reference points. Yes. But 30 years of intense, vigorous kind of training in Qigong and Kung Fu has developed and generated energies that are far higher than the drugs. And was that you were taking, um, what were some of the, the heavier drugs that you were taking? Oh, I was, I mean, in my days, we talked lots of speed. We yep. took you know, incredible high amounts of speed. I tried, obviously, smack and all kind of other drugs. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a doer, I'm a goer. So for me, smack was One boring. of the uppers. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, like, I couldn't handle it. Just have a shot and then sit there and stare at some corner yeah. and then realize the television wasn't even on. So I was <laughs> but now with your, your practice, you've attained experiences that, that far surpass any... Oh. Level beyond of anything, speed beyond anything, yeah. but not only me. All the people I work with, yeah. but also the clients I work with. Yeah. So it's not only me that has got that experience. It's like everyone basically. Mm. It's just I, I realized that it doesn't matter what state you're in, you always can return. Mm. That's what I love Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is so unconditional. You see, we we don't give fixed names to pathology. Mm. We call it heart yang deficiency, heart yang whatever. We give it a name, but that name is the progression. And you know exactly where you stand. It's a progression that starts at point zero, where yin and yang were equal, where they were unbalanced. And then for some reason, it started slightly to get unbalanced, and then more and more unbalanced. 
So every time it gets more unbalanced, there's an observation, and that may be liver cheese stagnation, which then maybe lead to liver yang rising, which then lead to um, of, of, of phlegm conditions, damp conditions, and then it leads to heart conditions. But the fact is, whatever you name it, it's within a progression, mm. and you always know immediately, you just return it, reverse the whole thing. Yeah, It's so simple. You know, like when someone comes in, oh, I've got... I got this, for example, diabetes type, type two diabetes. They come, oh, I've got type two. I'm, I've got this and I got that. It's just the progression. Yeah, return it, reverse it, mm-hmm. go back to points. So instead of getting stuck in the name, understand it's a spleen yang deficiency, it's a spleen chi deficiency. It's it's a small intestine doing something. Mm. It's a liver doing something. I always explain it to clients in a very very simple way. I always keep it as as as. That's why I, I write my books with using archetypes and, mm. and uh, fancy characters and cute characters. And I'm always trying to describe it from, from a, um, uh, I, I like to, to make it as picturesque as possible, yeah. like a fairy tale. Yeah. It's got to be a narrative uh, because Chinese medicine started in the storytelling. It didn't start as a clinical full-on book that you look at and you go, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Mm. You know? yeah. It's like it started as, as a poetry. Yeah. It was, it was beauty. It was incredible uh, uh, put into beautiful words. They had an incredible understanding how to, how to, how to make it beauty. Do you think the, what they portray in the classics is being potentially misunderstood? Yes, because you need to be in an altered state. Yeah, I see. Yeah, of course. You know, like lots of, I mean, trying to understand the, the Tao Te Ching without being in an altered state. Mm. With an altered state, I mean, just you've got to be in a state of heaven. Yeah. A lot of those phrases, I've been trying to understand Swang Shui. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, or Menkius. Yeah, it's like, or Li Rong. Those guys are trippers. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's incredible. <clears throat> and, uh, but you need to read, the way I read those books, and I've read as many as I can, mm. and I still read them. Uh, when I read them, I, I put myself in a chi state. Mm. And I let the words come to me while I chi. So I use the medium of cheap when I read it. Yeah. And then suddenly, ah, oh, ah, oh, it just like it really clicks. And I think I do the same thing with acupuncture. Even mm. when I read like a really, like a really clinical textbook, mm. like whatever the latest ones are, um, even, or like Giovanni, The Psyche of Chinese Medicine, which is a very complex book. It's all about Shen, 800 pages all about Shen. Yes. And uh, profound, but I only can read it with my chi awareness. Mm. Otherwise, I can't make sense of it because if I try to follow it intellectually, academic, put into linear order, I'm going to get lost because then I'm going to see the client, okay, what am I going to do here? Step 17 or step 20? When I go into, when I go into a client, I leave intellectual understanding behind. Mm-hmm. I, go, I, I, go, I put myself in, for, in forgetting I learned that from Song Shui. That's good, a, good advice for, yeah. for a lot of practitioners. I think maybe they have that uh, difficulty of synthesizing those things and applying it to an actual clinical approach. But as you say, if you, if you approach it from the perspective from which it was written, it would make more sense. Yes, yes, yeah. That's, the idea is to go in like, okay, you prepare all the time. I study, I prepare, I train. But then when I go to the client, I apply the art of forgetting. Mm. which is the Taoist principle yes. of Swang Shui. Yep. So that means in that moment, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that means I am actually just there. And in that moment, something will come to me. 
like with pulse diagnostic, it took me 10 years with my pulse to learn not to think about the pulse. Mm -hmm. And then another 10 years to apply that. <laughs> and now I can sort of go in there and don't think about it. Yeah. And suddenly, bang, it comes to me. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes and why it comes, I don't know. It, as, as soon as I try to find it, it goes away. Yeah, it's like when you learn a song as soon as you're on the guitar or something. You learn all you want. and you, the, more, <laughs> the more effort you put into it, the harder it gets. And then the day you forget about it, you pick it up and you go, oh, it's easy. Yes. Mm. It has to be like, it, needs to, it, it has to be spontaneous. Yeah. Spontaneous self-realization is the key in Taoism. And Chinese medicine aims at that because the highest form of medicine is nourishing destiny. And it's about towards the, sp the spontaneous uh, experience. Because if we are spontaneous in that moment, it's amazing what comes through. Yeah. We just have to find the moment for it to that it can do it. Mm. And that's why it, uh, Tai Chi training is so important. Because the Tai Chi training takes you so deeply into focusing on each move. Mm. You're so fully focused. But then there's this experience suddenly coming in. And then boom, then you give right into the experience and then Wow, then you lose it again, then you're going to focus on the point and the moves, and then you just suddenly the cheat takes over again, and then boom, you lose it again. Mm. And um, so it's an enormous battle with yourself, those practices, yeah. if it's done correct. Yeah. If someone said it's easy and relaxing, I laugh. Yeah, it was certainly not <laughs> easy when I did it. <laughs> it's, it's hard work. Yeah. It's incredible hard work. And, um, and if it's not hard work, it's not right. Because yeah. what actually is happening is in that moment, you really go in between heaven and earth. And you're really exploring. Yes. You're either earth or heaven, earth or heaven. And if you go too far on one side, you, you lose it. So you have to bring it back again. Mm. But what happens is you get more and more experienced in that. And you develop a skill that you actually trust yourself. And that you understand that the information is always available. You suddenly... You just you know after a while that you whatever you engage with the information will be available. Mm. So that's why the physical training is, for my opinion, is absolutely essential to uh, to apply acupuncture. It's not possible without. Mm. I'm convinced. I researched it from all different level, <clears throat> and um, um, uh, it's not possible because otherwise you get too trapped in the analytical process, and analysis is the is the enemy of the Tao. <laughs> so you're saying as a practitioner you need the the physical training yes you need yeah. to it's, there's no way out of it yeah so um uh because that allows because our uh, the nat the very nature of being human means we are the transmitter between heaven and earth mm. so it's a constant battle between the up and the, and the below so heaven and earth so i need a practice that takes me empirically into that into that into that battle yeah and then I have a reference point, what that is. And then when I go into clinic, I have that trust mm -hmm. that when I put my finger under the pulse, I can go and forget. In that moment, because I don't search, mm. I just put my fingers on and it suddenly appears. Yeah. And that's the result of the training. And I've, because I worked with so many people in my time and so many students and so many therapists, I can tell those who practice. Yeah. Because the way they do the pulse diagnostic, the way they work with the acupuncture needle, the way they allow the energies to move through, it's far beyond anyone who doesn't practice. Yeah. It's, 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 if, if you could do it without practice, then the, must, the masters wouldn't practice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, if, I could, if you could do this without, I would rather go fishing or 
play video games yeah. or uh, because it's hard work. Yeah. yeah. So it's not necessarily pleasant getting up every morning at five o'clock and just facing three hours grueling, rigorous practice. What's, in, what's your usual morning routine? Um, I get up at five and um, then I, I do half an hour core training, 30 minutes of core training. Then um, because you need to activate the core because that's the best liver chi mover. And, and then after 30 minutes core training, I do 30 minutes qigong. And then I do uh, one hour chen style tai chi, which is gong fu. Mm-hmm. And then I do um, 30 minutes to 40 minutes of CrossFit. But I'm talking very vigorous CrossFit training. Because the Chen style, the Kung Fu has fired me up so much. Yeah. I then need to go into CrossFit. Yeah. So, wow. so I'm, I'm 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 doing hardcore CrossFit like and twenty chin ups, squats, push ups, chin ups, squats, and do that for half an hour. Yeah. And just like warm and then I'm ready for the day. Wow. And then I go home and then I um um and then I go yeah, because I work out in the park. I like to work out in outside. Mm. There's always like a park where they have like outside equipment. Yep. And regardless if it's if it's cold or whatever, I'm out there. And then I go home and then I I make up my brew with herbs and beautiful Chinese herbs. Obviously I've got my, my cupboard is full with every possible formula. Yeah. So you have so, herbs every day? Yes. Yeah, different formulas, yeah. I work with yes, of course, because uh, herbs are superior to um to food. And yes. um so I, I put the emphasis on the herbs. I regulate with my herbs, and then the food is more for the protein, for the for the for the nutrients. But the herbs are there to to regulate yin and yang. Yeah. Okay. And to look at each organ function because I I need to bring the organs up, in particular yin and blood, which isn't a real issue, um, in our current days because everyone rushes around so much mm. and we are exposed to so much stress factors, and the yin goes down. So we need to really have herbs every day somehow. Not the same formulas every day. It's, I mean, it may, it may need to. For example, I found um, Bupleurum and Peony formula. Most people can take that actually daily. Yeah. Yes, and um, I found like, well, Bupleurum and Cypress, like liver chi mover, people can take every day. Mm. A six major herb formula I found you can take pretty much five days, yeah. five times a day. Yeah. Um, ashwagandha I take every day. Um, uh, uh, and this sort of stuff, yeah. So um, I always give the body what it needs because mm. we need to feed the body and that's heavenly medicine. In Chinese medicine, the highest form of medicine is nourishing your destiny. So it is, it's about realizing your cosmic self and that understands what herbs you need to take. And a lot of those herbs feed the body so that it opens up the pathways so that you, cannot, you can do the Jing Shen pathway yeah. uh, progression, which means you move the Jing up to your heart. Okay. Yeah, which is hard, which is wild. People go in there with sexual practices like alchemy, like by non-ejaculation and things like that. Mm. I'm personally not a friend of those practices. Yeah. I'd rather do that with herbs and enjoy good sex. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, uh, obviously we need to watch ejaculation as men. So yep. you can't like, um, you have to really follow uh, like according to your age and your constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but the the way they're trying to keep the jing transformed by, by non-ejaculation while having sex, that's also a complicated issue. So I, because I've been exposed to every technique out there yeah. and because I've been a wild child and I've been exploring all kind of stuff while, right before I got into Chinese medicine. Yeah. So we, we're looking at back, you know, like 40, 50 years of experimenting it. <clears throat> so I found you better work, if you want to bring the Jing up to your heart, work with herbs and Qigong and, and Kung Fu. 
Yeah, okay. That's the key. That's Don trying to bring it up by non-ejaculation. So the concept is to bring Jing to rise up to the heart. Yes. So it, it coincides with your Shen. Yes, Yeah. the Jing Shen. You yeah. want to bring up, because what means is, you know, you're transforming the, the Jing into heavenly, into heavenly substance. Mm. I mean, Shen, I mean, unfortunately, at the college, they only teach very little about Shen. And they, they say it's heart, Shen of the heart and mind and things like that. But there's, in fact, three Shen. Mm. And, and it's, it's usually complex. And so I, I always advise every student, once you graduate, that means you're off the hook of all those boring, mundane clinical factors. Go and get those books. Mm. Get those books and get into the scholars and research what's going on out there. And you realize, my God, Shen is just so much. Yeah. Shen is a whole world. Yeah. And uh, because Shen is actually the vehicle for you to travel into the galaxies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Tao is started with multidimensional travel and, and cosmic travels before they got the information about what is Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine got channeled. Mm. We need to always be aware that the source in Chinese medicine is heaven. It didn't start with a book. <laughs> yeah. that didn't have a book yeah. yeah it started by information coming through them from a shaman uh, traveling some galaxies yeah it's like m- most of or all of the the original um cultures channeled some form of intelligence or some form yes. of understanding yeah. which then later became um you know the, the dogma of, of of that um um civilization yes and then turned into something you know what we what we see today, but yes. originally was that initial shamanic type um, healer and direct connection to a uh, to a multi-dimensional yes origin, and the, and the idea is to continue that. Yeah. So we never lose uh, we never lose sight of what the origin of this. Yeah. Because the origin of this is heaven wants to come into us so that we can produce an incredible planet and then expand it in in accord with with how heaven wants us to do it. Mm. And that never ends. So we live in very critical times. I mean, being on Earth is always critical. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we are living. Yeah, it's 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 always critical. Yeah. So, so, uh, but we don't have much talk about these sort of, of um, shamanic cosmic references anymore, mm. and people don't turn to religions anymore. I mm. mean, who quotes the Pope? You know, if he mm. would go to a party or put on Facebook. Uh, and uh, the quote pod, the Pope quoted this. I mean, people would laugh. Mm. Yes, and uh, so obviously we live in a, in in that regard, we live in a confused time because yeah. a lot of people have become secular rather than spiritual. And the spirituality that comes into life may not be spirituality; it mm. might be some sort of like conceptual idea. And so, um, because when it comes to spirituality, it's it's about allowing heaven to come through us, and. You can't put that into form. You can't put it into name. It's always new. Mm. So if you think that's what it is, it's already different. Yeah. Like Tai Chi, um, the original form of Tai Chi, the Chen style Tai Chi, the, the very origin of Tai Chi. Um, by the way, Chen Chiang Wang, the great grandmaster of Tai Chi, mm. um, he said, humans did not create Tai Chi. But he didn't say who. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, like that. typical Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> they don't say much, you know. So obviously it came through to them. Yeah. And um, but when you do Tai Chi, it never feels the same. Mm. So if you, if you, I've been doing it for I've been doing it now for over thirty years. So I I never had a day where uh, where I can say oh 
That's what it is. Every time I think what it is, next day, different. Yeah. So it's always new. It's always new. It's the same move, always new. Mm. So spirituality is always new. Yeah. It's always spontaneous. And it's always enormously expressive. <clears throat> so that means whatever, what, whatever state we are in our evolution as human species, we need to go to the new. Because if we don't go to the new, we're going to be stuffed. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's the end of that, of that cycle. But according to the, to the Chinese, um, to the Taoist, it never will end. Mm. So it's when people say, are oh, we going to move towards some sort of disaster here? No, it will continue. It will always continue because there's always something new coming through that will change it. And it's already happening. So in 10 years, it's going to be so different to what we have now. Yeah. And that's a result of people going to the new. Yes. So, um, but as an acupuncturist, we need to be all the time exposed to the new. Because if you treat a patient with, with the understanding of a pathology based on the old of yesterday, mm. you're left behind. Yeah. So you may apply, like for example, <clears throat> I was well known for in my clinics that I always use the same combination, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much always the same points, but always different outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about the points as such. It's about how you engage with the energy field. It's always new. There's always something new. It's just the point allows me to enter. Mm. And then what happens while I put the needles in, I, I, in that moment, the new comes to me. And then obviously I engage with the energy field. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's, I love acupuncture for that reason, because as soon as I put the needle in, I'm in, a, in, in an altered state. Yeah. yeah. It's just bang. In that moment, suddenly, bomb. It's just like heaven talking to me. And I can feel spirits around me. I can feel like the guides are around me. I, there's usually only the client on the table and me, but it all, always feels like there's 20 people in the room. Mm. And it's very magical. And even the client says, my God, it's, it feels like there's more than one person. He said, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, I've, I've certainly <laughs> felt uh, some interesting experiences with your acupuncture. I can definitely yeah. vouch for that. There, there is a, a unique uh, touch to it. Yeah, and that's like, it's, it is a heavenly medicine. And it's open to everyone. This is the beauty. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the nature of acupuncture is... How many times have I gone into the clinic and put the needles in and just started the process and then the voice came saying, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I acted with the needle and leave. And then, you know, and then the client was going through all kinds of processes and my acupuncture treatments, sometimes I had to leave the needles in for one hour. Mm. And I got back after one hour and the, and the client said, my God, you came in all the time. Yeah, every 10 minutes, you check me. Yeah, really? So I didn't come yeah. in. I didn't come in. And, um, and I, I heard that more than once. I heard that many times that people thought, you know, there's always, you're always in my room and I'm not in the room. From, from my perspective and the, and the research that I've done, as you know, my, my background is probably um, not too different to yours mm -hmm. um, and how I came to find Chinese medicine. So I'm certainly a believer and uh, more than partial to the concept of guys and, and spirits and, and yeah. uh, something else going on. However, that however people would like to explain that from the scientific perspective, the research I've done is that acupuncture enables the body to self-regulate. So yes, it's 
from both perspectives, whether you want to look at it from an esoteric perspective or from a clinical perspective, it's doing, it, it comes to the same end. Yeah. It has this ability to fix the body. Like, as you said, it's a, it's like a heavenly medicine. Like, why, why do you think that is? Why acupuncture? Why, what, what is it about putting a needle into the body that, that is so powerful? Because you don't work with the nervous system. You don't work with the uh, central nervous system. Okay. You're working with, you don't work with the physical organ. You don't work with the spleen in lower cases. You work with the spleen in upper cases. Okay. So it means it's a totally different spleen. Mm-hmm. But that other spleen is not a physical spleen. Yeah. So that other spleen doesn't exist in the physical realm. Okay, they do all kinds of research to, to prove the existence of those meridians, but I always say, what's the point? Mm. Why go there? Yeah, There's okay. no need to prove it. You know, I've seen yeah. it too many times work. You know, and um, so when we put the needle in, um, we activate the energy organ. Mm-hmm. So the moment you put the needle in, you activate the energy organ. So you're not activating, you're not a trigger point. It's, it's, I know they call it dry needling and things like that. It's got yeah. nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's just um, if you put the needle in and you, if you are in a state of chi, this is enhanced by so many times you can't put into words. Yeah. Um, because what you're activating is that, that body that exists before you are born, before you incarnate. It's that in, in biology they call it the morphogenetic field, mm. that, that field that draws protein synthesis towards its position. Because the protein synthesis in a foot is different. It's exactly the same as in a hand, but the foot and the hand are, are different objects. Mm. And so, uh, so there's more to go on than, than just the, the information or what shape it creates is not in the DNA. There's what, what actually goes on is that's an energy field that draws the processes towards its completion. Like an intention. Yeah. And um, so this energy field is obviously what this is our true body. And um, so. In Chinese medicine, we understand that we are the field was first. And this field, or when we're born, this field is there first. And the field then, um, uh, the whole development of the physical functions and the protein synthesis now gets drawn into this field. And then um, it creates the body. Yeah. So, um, but the field is always fundamental to the yeah. physical. Yeah. So when we do acupuncture, we work with that field. We don't work with the physical. Sure. Of course, you put the needles in, it's physical, and the needle is physical. Mm. But acupuncture was discovered because it activates, it works with the, with the fields. Yeah. So, of course, if you study it, even if you don't believe in it, it's, it, it's still connected karmically to that origin. Yes. It always will be. It yeah. doesn't matter how many, how many times you say it's all crap. It's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's it doesn't matter if you say, oh, she doesn't exist. It's irrelevant. Yeah. You have a decided to study acupuncture. Mm-hmm. That means you are in a lineage mm-hmm. that has been developed over, over 4,000 years and you are an instrument of that, of that process. Mm-hmm. And they give a total damn if you believe in it or not. They yeah. give, they give, they're, they're not interested in your opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so the fact is that um, heaven is not interested in the well-being of of, of its earth and its and its inhabitants, the humans. Yeah. So if you decide to become an acupuncturist and you, you say everyone, she doesn't exist and it's all physical, they just don't listen to it because you are actually, the fact that you have decided to become an acupuncturist means you are have agreed to that lineage. And that means in that moment you are a transmitter of chi. Yeah. So um, obviously the more you go into the training and acknowledge this, 
the more they're going to support you, the better your treatments will become. It's mm-hmm. a fact. So, um, so, but the fact is, if as soon as you put the needle in as an acupuncturist, you activate the energy field. Yeah. If anyone else puts a needle in who is not trained in acupuncture, will not activate it. Ah. Yes. I've seen it too many times. Yeah, we've really? done all that. We've done. I've done all kind of like research with that. So you put someone from a street and say like, just put put this object there, an acupuncture needle. Yeah. We don't tell them that. Yeah. Just put that into somewhere. Nothing is going to happen. Mm. You tell an acupuncturist, okay, here's an acupuncture needle. In that moment, the person recognizes what they they instinctively, intuitively connect to that needle. Yeah. Why is something that they may not be aware in the conscious mind, but unconsciously they're already connected mm-hmm. because they've been using it as an instrument by heaven to do the work. So you're trained in it. So they're going to use you. So because you're trained in it, you you connected to it. That means you put the needle in. Of course, it will go for the energy field. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're good acupuncturist, it doesn't matter really. You, it's that's why a lot of acupuncturists develop their own point structure. Mm. Like they've got a different location. Yes. To stomach thirty six than what you learn at college. Yeah. Uh, because they've got a different way of working with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Like uh, one of the top masters I have trained. I've I studied under a lot of masters after college, and um, one of the top masters uh, I studied, Professor Lee. Um, he was China. Uh, he was a crick, incredible character. He only used one point. Really. Column four. Yeah. But he went everywhere. Mm. He went absolutely everywhere, and people who have experienced his treatment said the same thing. He's mind-boggling. Yeah. Of course, massive diagnostics, but the diagnostic world, he puts his fingers on it, and he nods off. He puts his finger on your pulse, and then he just goes, in nodding off for five minutes. It's gone. Mm. The guy's gone. It's like, no, he's not snoring, but it looks like. Yeah. And then suddenly, ah, he just, his eyes, eyes lit up, and... Oh, oh, yeah, that makes, I got it. And then he asks you incredible specific questions mm. that are so profound, direct to the point. You say, shit, how did they get this? And um, then he puts the needle in, obviously column four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you feel a change immediately. Yeah. Yeah, There's, you feel immediately in a, in a different state and you feel like, whoa, you go in that um, beautiful transcendence and you just don't want to leave. You know what that feels when mm. a good treatment, you mm-hmm. just don't want to leave. You yeah, just yeah. want to just come on, intravenous food, please. You know, you want to stay there for the next six months. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then you go to the table and you go like, you just for half a day, you're in that, you're in a, you're in a bubble. Mm. Yeah. But that bubble is your energy field. Yes. Yeah. That bubble is your energy field. And a lot of people say, oh, I feel so stoned. Oh, that's like degradation of the, of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking about the uh, the lineage um, of you know, and, and then studying acupuncture, I'll, I'll just touch on a brief story before we get on to speaking about your your new book. Um, something which I think will be interesting for the listeners to to find out about is a bit about my history and how I got into acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some uh, some years of uh, well, many years of, of substance abuse in, in all in all different areas, uh, from psychedelic to to um, more legal substances like alcohol and it was around the kind of end point of that happening when I was 27 that um, my mum and I got together and she said it's you know it's time to get some help and I said okay well I'll get help if the person we find has been to the same places and who knows what they're talking about and 
I had studied acupuncture for one semester when I was 19 and dropped out and kept playing in bands and mm-hmm. doing all, all of the, the fun things, searching for the answers. So we get onto Google and we find um, the Ur- Urban Retreat. The Urban um, Drug Rehab. Ur- urban Drug Rehab at Paddington at the time. And it was about 10 o'clock at night and someone picked up the phone. Brett picked up the phone and... Um, and then we found out about you and then ended up, you know, booking me in for some treatment. I, I went home and started looking you up on YouTube and there were videos of you uh, talking about uh, your, you know, just, just a few um, things and your experiences and your techniques. And in one of the videos, you said, if you live this lifestyle, you can get higher and higher. Um, there's a plug for one of your earlier books. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you said, if, if you do this, you can get higher and higher. And then it was at that point... I was in I was in a state where I thought my organs were dying. I felt so unwell because of what I'd done to myself. And I had this experience where I felt a presence in the room and between you on the on the computer screen and this presence, which I believe now was me mm-hmm. uh, from the future, if you will, just a yeah, your energy field reaching back my own energy field yeah, your energy field because the physical organs were dying, not the, not the yeah. energy organs. And it said, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This mm-hmm. acupuncture has been staring you in the face your whole life. It's like you can't get away from it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was at that point uh, that I, I decided I'm going to go back and study it. And I went the next day I went to what was now Endeavor and enrolled in acupuncture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really quite an honor to have you sitting here all, all these years down the track after having... Uh, had treatment with you, having had worked for you also at the the mm-hmm. health um, the health shed the health shed. Um, so yeah, it's 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 really good. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so on to the book, clock on to health. Tell me about it. Oh, um, I mean, writing is is the area I've been focusing on for the for quite a while because this is book number five. Yes, because the aim is to put into words what I've experienced so I can share with others as many as people as possible and my books are international all of them. so that they're, they're, they're read in in russia in south america yeah, I get really? emails from all over the world yeah so my books are all over the world and so but all along the journey was about the lifestyle because what i learned from the chinese masters was there is no pathology there's only the art of living okay and i learned that if I live the right lifestyle, I actually correct symptoms. That means I actually become my own medicine man. So then when I wrote my first book, Higher and Higher, um, it was all about the lifestyle, but it was dedicated and directed towards the drug user. Yes. And it was my third book. All all, all my books are published by Alan and Anwin. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and my third book, The Perfect Day Plan, was about the chi cycle, because the chi cycle is the thing that intrigued me the most. When I was at when I was at college, they mentioned the chi cycle, and everything was just going. My whole body was vibrant. I said, "Oh, this is awesome!" And I went home and I uh, trying to get information. So I had Alice Wiesmann, the book, um, how to locate acupuncture points, and there was half a page about the chi cycle, mm. and that was it. And then I went to the college library and I, I looked at every book. There's got to be information here. <clears throat> but I couldn't find anything. But then acupuncture in the old days 
was used in line with the chi cycle mm. because the, the chi is for two hours in each organ. So that means it highlights the chi organ, not the physical organ, the mm-hmm. chi organ. That means each organ actually carries an information that each organ got, in fact, is, is an aspect of your destiny. Each organ is an aspect of your health. So you, you have to look at all 12 aspects of health and you have to look at all 12 aspects of your destiny. Yes. And um, so that means there are 12 aspects to yourself also that will bring you forward of who you really are. <clears throat> and uh, that's where I realized the chi cycle is the instrument to do that. That means I can get information for my health. I get information about my destiny. I get information about who I am, about my true self. <clears throat> so what happens now is the chi cycle is in fact your means, your methods of mastering your life. Mm. So you become healthier, you become stronger, you become happier, you become more fulfilled, and you, and you also realize you're following destiny. So all that put together into the, into the perfect day plan was the instrument, the initial way of um, identifying each of those two-hour brackets and the book became a really good seller. Hmm. And it was like sold in all the airports and, and people just wrote it. And I was opening up to a demographic that otherwise I didn't reach, hmm. which were the, the, the straight people. Yeah. The people I usually never see in clinic before <laughs> that. <laughs> and um, so they read the book and had fundamental changes and emailed me. As a result of that is I started to do tours about workshops about the chi cycle. Yeah. We're talking now 15 years ago. So then I explored more and more the chi cycle and I got really into the depths of researching it from a point of, okay, what is it actually in terms of the med- medicinal application? How can you use it um, in, in medical form? So that means you make your lifestyle, your medicine by using the chi cycle. Mm-hmm. So I looked at uh, 200 symptoms, the main symptoms. So this book, Clock On, in fact, addresses 200 main symptoms okay. and puts them in context to the chi cycle. So that means a reader of any anyone in the public, regardless of what experience they have with medicine, they will be able to pick up on it. Yeah, Because yeah. my aim is always to make things as simple as possible. I don't like uh, complex text. It has to be easy reading. Mm. It has to be simple. It has to be has to be poetry, has to be storytelling, yeah. got to be narratives, got to be interesting, it's got to grip you, it's got to take you all the way through. It has to have to has needs to have color. I like what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so clock on explains you really how to treat yourself by working with your chi organ. So even the beauty of that book is because it's selling very well already. Oh, good. It's only just got out, but it's selling really, really well. And the, the emails we get every day, it's just like, it's all about, my God, or symptoms disappear. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And that's, yeah, because you work with your chi organ. Yeah. Because your chi organ is always good. Your physical organ suffers. If your chi organ is good, it will also make the, the physical organ good. If you know how to work with the chi organ, you will treat your physical organ. Mm. That's how it is. Yeah. And so whatever, because so many people now have lifestyle diseases and, uh, 60% of Australians are now are classified as chronic disease yeah. and type 2 diabetes. Every five minutes, someone gets diagnosed. It's, it's sad to see that. It's 
in my point, it's, a, it's not need for it mm. because you need to learn how to live. Yeah. And if you feed your chi organ, you will be healthy. But you need to know what to do. So that means um, when it comes to health, it's we need to know what to do. And um, clock on describes what to do. So that's not the physical aspect. Because, for example, one of the biggest confusions are juice diets, like celery diets mm. and all kinds of juicing. So uh, it makes sense on a physical in regards to taking the toxins off, but will it benefit the, the energy organ? Yeah. That's a totally different story. Yeah. And so I always tell everyone, look, if you, if you focus on treating the energy organ, you can enjoy good food. <laughs> you know, don't diet, treat your energy organ. Yeah. Yes, I, I actually work on a, on, a, on a weight loss book, a book at the moment, and um, it's called Don't Diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, of course, we need to eat good food. Yeah. But we also need to enjoy the food. Yeah. Because if there's a reason why we have taste buds, if you eat food and you, and you don't have feel good while you eat, mm. it's not enhancing the chi mm. organ. Mm. You need to sit there and go, oh my God, so yummy. Oh, I want, oh, this is so beautiful. Now you're actually nourishing your heart. You're nourishing Shen. You're nourishing Jing. So if you're going to eat a juice, oh, fucking I hate this shit. Well, but I have to do it because my yeah. nutritionist says I have to. Yeah, yeah. Not doing any good. Mm. You might rectify a yang imbalance. You may rectify toxins. You may correct a little bit for a few months, but then it, it's back to normal. I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, and so my idea is treat the G organ. Mm. And um, in my book, Clock On, I outline that in detail exactly how to do that yeah. so that even, every, to me, every acupuncturist should have that book for their clients because he yeah. talks about Chinese medicine over and over. It's certainly, um, it's it's the, the, one of the things I love about your books is that it is so easy to read. I think when I got the perfect day plan, I, I literally read that in a night. Um, yeah, that's the idea. And read it quickly. Yeah, and but it's got e even if you have no um, Chinese medicine background or understanding at all, you can read this and apply everything that you put in here. And if you if you incorporate these things into your life, it's like it's it's bound to help. It has to. Yes. Because it's yeah, it's 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 uh, in incorporating exercise and, and good eating and just mental clarity and mindfulness about how to live a good mm. life. Um, yes, look, I studied every textbook out there. Yeah. Like every, like you name it, I, I studied it. Um, the way I research my books, I read them over and over. Yeah, outline every. I underline so many sentences. In the end, the whole book is underlined. <laughs> so I have to start getting new books so I can start. <laughs> <laughs> I really research. I'm a, just I'm so hungry for knowledge. Yeah, and so with my book clog on, I condensed forty years of intense study into a simple book wow every sentence if you if you have just a little bit if you understand chinese medicine and read the book every sentence will speak to you mm. because you realize shit there's so much in there mm. like for example of uh, discovering your true self and honoring your true self in the lung chapter because the lung is in fact the night yes it's about it's uh, the character that is actually designed to guide us on our mission our quest to find your true self and um, it's about establishing your healthy boundaries and, just, and then being honoring your true path. Yeah. So uh, that goes right into the area of um, 
yeah, you could say in Jungian philosophy of like um, uh, the shadow aspect and um, uh, all that aspect without mentioning those words once. So if you love Jungian philosophy, if you love the shadow, if you love all that sort of unconsciousness stuff, in the lung chapter, in that chapter, it describes it so simple without using any of those words because yeah. the Chinese were the weight way before Jung got there. Yeah, so you talk yeah, about way the, before. the base. Um, po and Hun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we got the, the base instinct and we got a high instinct, instinct yeah. yeah. And it's Po, that's animal instinct. And then we've got a high instinct, which is heaven, which is mm. Hun. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's regulated by the Shen, by the three Shens. And um, so uh, that was already identified and worked out thousands of years ago, way before Jung got into it. Mm. So they understood that problem with the shadow. 2,000 years before Jung was born. Yeah. So Jung got most of his inspiration from the Chinese anyway. Did he? <laughs> Tao Te Ching. Oh, right. Uh, the I Ching. Yeah. People always say the I Ching. It's I Ching. Mm. Yeah. So um, uh, the I Ching, that intrigued him. Yeah. He realized there's more to it. And so when he put a lot of these things together, he realized, oh, my God, there is... There is and then he put in his words and obviously led to psychotherapy. Uh, but the Chinese were there already way before. Yeah. And um, because the dilemma is, as a human being, we have poor, our animal instinct, and that's our base instinct. It's always designed to fight. It always will design. It either runs away or it fights. Yeah. It always will eat. It always will procreate. Yeah. So, but then, at the same time, we also are merged with Hun and with the higher instinct, which is a soul. And the, the soul doesn't, doesn't want to fight it doesn't die mm. it's love so you got death and infinity in one body yeah it's you like got fighting and love in one body of course it's conflict yeah it's an endless conflict yeah <laughs> so who you give in to to your shadow or pull or do you give into a high instinct mm. of course that requires lots of training lots of regulation and understanding the chi organ that's why clock on is so important for people yeah because it will take them into the conflict without using complicated psychotherapy names and words and makes it all very simple. Yeah. Because it is given to us. There's nothing wrong with having Paul. There's nothing wrong with having an animal instinct because we're born with that. You mm. can't just not have it. You can't say tomorrow I won't get horny. Yeah. It, it, it will. You can't say tomorrow I won't get hungry. You can say tomorrow I will not have sex. Tomorrow I will not eat. Yes. But you can't say, tomorrow I will not get horny. It's not possible. Yeah, it's how you respond to things. It's it's an instinct within us. Yeah. But how we regulate that instinct yeah. is by working with yin and yang. And that's where the mastership is coming into. And that's, we can't regulate that with mental intent. That's going to drive you nuts. Mm. That's why the Chinese say, absence of sex without technique leads to insanity. Yeah. So obviously that instinct is within so as a man, you can't do anything about it. Your testicles produce sperm. That's it. Mm. You can't just say to your body, stop producing sperm. Yeah. Not possible. Yeah. And um, so, but you can take that process, the mm. jing process, and bring it up to the heart and connect it to love. Now it's a totally different process. Mm. Yes. And that, is that the way the energy That's kind of jing gets shen, redirected? Jing shen, yeah. Mm. So now you, you bring it up. The more you work with Qigong, the more, more you work with Kung Fu, the more you work with Tai Chi, the more it regulates it naturally. Yeah. It brings it up all the time. You don't have to focus on it. You don't have to practice non-ejaculation and things like that. You don't have to focus on becoming love rather than animal instinct. Yeah. You don't have to focus on 
for example, I work with a lot of sex addiction. Hmm. Sex addiction is part of my uh, speciality because a lot of the clients were trapped in, in sex addiction and most of them are professionals. Yeah. So they were real estate agents, lawyers, etc. Mm. So the and but they had this enormous high sex drive. Yeah. Of course, that comes with the personality. Firstly, they're they're yang types. Yeah. That means they're kidney yang types. That means they already have got heat in the testicles. That yeah. means they're driven to yeah. act. That means the jing in the testicles, the jing will tell them now I need to act. Mm-hmm. And that means every three hours the urge to have sex comes up. That's how it is. So of course you can act on it and have sex five times a day, which a lot of them do. Mm. Um, but on the long term, that depletes your gene. Mm. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to stop that. I'm not doing that anymore. But that means the process is still going on. Yeah. And that means so you consciously now say, okay, I don't have a sex addiction and I control it. <clears throat> I keep really yeah. firm. Yeah. But then internal, the fire is brewing. You can't stop it. However, you can regulate it, mm. and that's where the training is coming into. So, if you learn how to work with Yin and Yang, which is derived in, which is inherent in all the Kung Fu and the Tai Chi, mm. it suddenly will take it, it. What it allows you, it actually will give you a grip of that Jing, of that sex drive, of that force in the testicles, and it is actually, whoa! You can really feel it, mm. and then you really just breathe with it and work with it, and you suddenly bring it up. And as you bring it up, it will move from the animal instinct to the higher instinct. So now you bring it up into, wow, this is much better. So that means there is no urge to act on it, but you actually took that incredible power and took it into your heart, and now it's actually enlivening your consciousness. It's like an internal form of alchemy. Yeah, that, yeah, that is alchemy. That's mm. what it is. I mean, all Tai Chi is alchemy. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what the whole process is. It's just like the Chinese don't like using complex words. Mm. They say, I'll do your practice, and all is coming, literally. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so by doing the practice, we actually get in touch with Paul, with this instinct or the shadow. And then we bring it up to the heart. That means our behavior patterns are regulated by love rather than I need to act. Yeah. Impulsive behavior pattern, which is one of the most presenting symptoms in my clinic, mm. um, with intent, you can't do anything about it. Before I got into acupuncture, I was working for as a social worker in, in family services, so we're all about counseling. And um, impulsive behavior pattern, you can't address mentally. But it's in Chinese medicine, it's so well explained. It's mm. Paul. Mm. It's your corporal soul. It's lung. And you need to get into the metal element. And the practices allow you to do that. And if... But clock on also describes that by working with your chi organ. Yeah. Because if you work with your chi organ, you also will get into these impulsive behavior patterns. Like, for example, a lot of people um, in lifestyle disease, uh, they have the intent not to eat chocolate cake, not to eat cakes, not to have sugars. Mm. And then they watch themselves binging on a whole tub of ice cream. And then afterwards, how did they do this? Yeah, And then obviously feel guilty. Yeah. And that's an impulsive behavior pattern. Mm-hmm. So it's it's regulated by instinct rather than reason. So the reason obviously has not worked. Otherwise, you wouldn't have eaten it. Yeah. Yes. So obviously, the instinct has taken over and now you feel ashamed. And so now we start again till the next impulsive yeah. behavior yeah. pattern. Cycle repeats. Yes. And so this is where Chinese medicine has got such a beautiful grip on it 
and say, look, it's your organ. It's your chi organ. It's lung. It's large intestine. It's metal. Mm. You work with metal, it will control it. Mm. So that means you do without doing, which is Wu Wei, the art of non-doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means I address impulsive behavior patterns without me acting on it. And you're going to, on the, the 10th of August, you're going to oh, do a, a, a workshop? Yeah, that's unfortunately pretty booked up already. It is already. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um they're only limited to 100 people. Okay. Well, so that's great though. So, but I do an event afterwards. Yeah. Which is at Marcia uh, Organics, which is on a, on the 5th of September. Okay. On a Thursday. Yeah. At 6 p.m. to 7:30. All about this sort of stuff. Awesome. Um, I'm on the 14th of September on a Saturday. I do um spontaneous qigong workshop in Brisbane. Yeah. We're gonna take people right into this soft chi organ stuff. Awesome. Like how to how to work with impulsive behavior patterns, how to get into your lung patterns, how to get into all this stuff stuff. Like the stuff we did in Bali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um this is uh, uh, because spontaneous qigong is the highest the highest form of qigong in China. And uh, um because you, you are taken immediately and directly to the qi organ mm-hmm. and you got access to the qi organ. That means you can actually sense your qi organ. And um that means you you got access to information and regulated behavior patterns that you don't need to use your mind to use for. Yeah. Is it like so, is that um, similar to uh, VCM? Yeah, yeah. Vibrant yeah. cosmic meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where can people find you online? Um, on online, it's either my name yosawa.com, but my website is thelifestylemedicineman.com. Mm-hmm. Thelifestylemedicineman. Cool. And uh, on you're on Instagram as well? Yes, Instagram on my name, Yostawa, Facebook. I do more with Facebook. I'm not really Instagram yep. man. Um, um, all my, I, I post every day, so there's always something about this sort of line every yeah, day cool. on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I do, um, I do also um, online coaching, mm-hmm. lifestyle coaching. That's, that's what I do. I don't do much with clinic anymore um, because most of my clients are international. Yeah. So for me, and I obviously write books. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll put all of your links. I'll put um, all of your dates and everything on the on the post for this podcast, so mm-hmm. people can find you. Um, it's been an amazing chat, Yos. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Yeah? <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have yeah. again have you on again yeah, yeah. in the future. Yeah, of course. There's, there's endless information, endless topics. Chinese medicine, you never run out of stuff to talk about. Absolutely, it's, yeah. it's always new. Yeah, and, and you're certainly a, a unique individual to convey it. So I really appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>